And that's a great point you make about carbs too. And I think just in general, that's a big misconception that carbs are bad for you. Mm-hmm. But in reality, carbs are your, you know, your main energy source for the body. Whenever you work out, you're using utilizing carbs through your metabolism in order to gain that energy to perform that exercise. And so when you are working out, your glycogen stores are significantly draining. And that's why it's so important and critical to replenish your glycogen stores in order to recover in time and recover properly. Welcome to the Wayward Lasses All the Things podcast. In this podcast, we explore all the things that we have battled with and triumphed over along our own health and wellness journeys. Our goal is to provide real content for real women at every age and stage in life and to bring encouragement and community to all of our wayward lasses out there. Are you ready to make a change and start your journey to becoming the best version of yourself? You've come to the right place. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wayward Lasses All the Things podcast. I am your host tonight, Courtney, joined by my lovely co-hosts, the intriguing Amy. Well, hello. (laughs) And the beautiful Brittany. Thank you so much. Hello, everyone. Yes, yes. (laughs) And we have a very extra special guest with us tonight, our cousin, Sophia Harrison. Sophia, say what's up. Hello. <laughs> We're I gotta so say, ex- there's a there's something special in the Harrison blood because our second guest is another Harrison. It's so. another Harrison. Yeah, <laughs> Harrison's are killing it. Runs in the family. <laughs> so Sophia is here to actually talk uh, to us about an aspect of health and wellness that we don't really talk enough about here on the podcast, um, and that is the importance of recovery. But before we get into our discussion. We have a tradition here at Wayward Lasses that we are going to continue, and that is at the beginning of every episode, we play a game of trivia. So, Mom, I hear you are our trivia MC for tonight. I am, and being that I was really embarrassed last week, uh, (laughs) I wanted to do the the, uh, trivia this week. It is 90s and 2000s, so Sophia, I don't know how how you're going to make out with this, but I'm pretty confident because these are pretty well-known songs that have been played even till now. Um, I'm going to say a part of the song, give you the lyrics, and I want you to finish the sentence. I've got eight for you guys, all right? All right, here we go. All right, we're ready, we're ready, we're ready. Ready, ready, ready. Oh, and there was a challenge thrown down by Brittany to Courtney, so let's see. (laughs) The chickens are coming home to roost. (laughs) (laughs) The first one. Each day of my life, I'm filled with all the joy I could find. You know that I'm not the desperate type. Finish the lyric. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Mm. I have no. Wow. Say it again. Each day of my life. I'm filled with all the joy I could find. You know that I'm not the desperate type. Is it a guy? Whoa, 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 whoa. This is not 20 questions. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> We're not getting that. I think I almost have it. Is it a guy? 
Look at mom. Mom is so proud of herself right now. <laughs> can you? Can, okay, now you have to sing it. Oh, I don't know if I can sing it. I can't sing it. I can hum it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still I don't believe. Know yes. Yeah. Oh, I still believe someday you and me. Who is that? Mariah Carey. Oh, I definitely uh, don't know those words. Wow. Oops. Okay. Not good. Not a good start. Uh, okay. Bad start. Wow. All right. That was rough. All right. Here's the next one. What you want to ball with the kid? Watch your step. You might. Fall. You might fall trying to do, do what, what I, I did. did. My mom. Oh, my mom. Oh. <laughs> In the winter or the summertime. Will Smith. Getting jiggy with it. Getting <laughs> jiggy with it. Okay. Very good, ladies. All right. Number three. We've been far, far away from here. Put on a poncho. Played for mosquitoes. And everywhere in between. Well, okay. We get along. If it makes you happy, um, show crow. <laughs> wow. No, you're supposed to finish the lyric. You're supposed to finish the oh, lyric. Is that what we're doing? Then we all. What's after? Well, okay, we get along. Put on a poncho. I can't think. And everywhere in between, we get along. <laughs> I'm not the only one, or. Something strong? Darn it. Wrong. Not the only one. Wrong. Tell me, what is it? So what if right now everything is wrong? If it makes you happy. Partial credit. Partial credit. Not bad. Sophia, I'm sorry. Are we we too crazy for you? (laughs) No. Do do you have any idea? (laughs) You know any of these songs? I've, I've heard I think of them. You She's heard of, of them. My God, are we old? <laughs> old. I'm sorry. Wait, Sophia, what year were you born? 99. Okay. So you got to do like 2012s, 2015. I'm so, I think the last yeah. few are. All right, how about this okay. one? The smell of your skin. <laughs> the taste of your kiss. The way you whisper in the dark. Your hair all around me. Baby, you Baby, I'm me. amazed by you. You touch every place in my heart. Every little thing that you do, baby, I'm amazed. Oh, oh, it Long feels time. like the first time. Every, every time. Every time. I want to spend the whole night. Lone Star, amazed. It's amazed. All right. I think Sophia <laughs> might get this one. I will give her a chance. <laughs> this is it. Wish I could Are you my Playboy man. How'd I turn my shirt inside out? Inside out, right? Control your poison, babe. Roses have thorns, they say. And we're all getting hosed tonight. <laughs> I got nothing. Can't find the drink I'm in. What is it? Where are my keys? I'm oh, going to my Oh, oh, oh. Let's go. <laughs> And 
It's so getting there, right? When you're speaking okay. it. That's it is. It's hard when someone's just speaking. I know the way she said it. We are getting hosed tonight. We'll forever live in my memory. Mom saying that. We are getting hosed tonight. Three more ladies. All, All right, right Sophia. I think you'll get this one. Okay. See, it started at the park. Used to chill after dark. Oh, when you took my heart, that's when we fell apart. Because we both thought that love lasts forever. They say we're too young to get ourselves sprung. Oh, we didn't care. We made it very clear. And they said, they also said. <laughs> oh, Something about the way you say it is very difficult. <laughs> I know that song too. Do it again. <laughs> See, it started at the park, used to chill after dark. Oh, when you took my heart, that's when we fell apart. Because we both thought that love lasts forever. They say we're too young to get ourselves sprung. Oh, we didn't care. We made it very clear. And they also said, oh my gosh, I know this. I don't know it. <laughs> Is it a faster? Nope. Sophia, anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? Mm-mm. Give us a hint. Uh, sing the song. Go. Mom, you sing the song. <laughs> oh, yeah, she doesn't know the song. <laughs> Oh, I do know it. I just can't sing it. It's not my... Yes, you can. Is it like a rap? It's a guy. It's a guy. Great. Okay. Come on, Mom. Give us something here. Start, like, rap a little of it, I guess. Beatbox. Let's go. (laughs) His first name's Sean. Mendez. Sean P. Diddy Combs. Kingston. Oh, no oh, way oh. to you. Yes. Oh, That's the only song I know by him. So Beautiful girl. Why it never work. Yeah, I know that song, but I, I am confident. They say that. you run uh, uh, running all the time. Yeah, now I hear it. <laughs> all right. Two more. In the dark. <laughs> Remember those walls I built? Well, well, baby, they're, they're crumbling they're down. down. Oh, oh Sophia got it. It didn't even make a sound. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, good one. Uh, Beyonce, right? No, it's uh, Leona Lewis. No, it's Beyonce, yeah, isn't it? It's Beyonce. Is it Beyonce? Oh, dang. it is. You're right. All right. Good job, Sophia. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Last yeah. one, ladies. Oh, good last job, one. Sophia. All right, go. I got the hit that beat the block. You can get the bass overload. I got that rock and roll, boom, boom, that boom. future flow. Yeah. Digital spit. Never level visual beep. <laughs> I got that boom, boom, boom. I got that boom, boom, boom. Boom, that was good. So was that the I knew yeah, she would get a couple of them. Two in a row. All right. And that's it, ladies. That's the end of oh. 90s trivia. Good job. Well, good wow, job, mom. Job. That, that was, was hard. Good. 
Ma, you should always do these. It's the way you, I'm going to forever do it this way. Mom said, we are getting hosed tonight. <laughs> always. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, it's always so much fun. <laughs> but I guess we should uh, get into it, guys, right? So, um, Sophia, we are so excited to have you uh, with us on the podcast. So would you like to take a minute to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So for those that don't know my name, I'm Sophia Harrison. I am a professional soccer player, and I play for the Philippine Women's National Team. Woo-hoo. Um, I graduated from Slippery Rock University in Pennsylvania of May 2021 with a bachelor's degree in exercise science and a minor in coaching. And so exercise science is very similar to kinesiology, and it's basically studying how the human body responds and adapts to exercise and the mechanisms that might affect exercise. And so our, our motto for our program was basically exercise is medicine. Hmm. So throughout my whole program at Slippery Rock, I was able to learn and figure out how exercise can help not just athletes, but d- different people with different backgrounds, different medical conditions and whatnot. And yeah. That's that pretty is, much me. <laughs> I like that. I like that slogan. Exercise is medicine. Mm-hmm. I love that. That is very cool. Never heard that before, but I think it's true. Very true. It, it is true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so today, Sophia is going to be talking to us about recovery, specifically um, four pillars of recovery. Now, these pillars are something that she developed as part of a recovery program for athletes during an internship she had in college. So um, before we get into it, I just want to say, like, I'm, I don't know if I'm just speaking for myself here, but this is something that I never really paid attention to. Um, I know in my immediate, like, circle of friends, um, we always talk about diet, we always talk about fitness, but we never talk about the importance of recovery, right? There's like, and if you think about it, there's an abundance of resources out there to help people with diets. Like, there's articles, there's programs, there's meal plans, there's calorie counting apps, there's everything. Um, And there's an equally abundant amount of resources out there for exercising. I mean, YouTube is like the goldmine for any anything exercise that you could possibly think of. But recovery, um, I think is the missing link in many of our health and wellness journeys. And it's definitely not talked about enough. Wouldn't you guys agree? Yeah, absolutely. I never, I mean, I will work out five days a week and just not on the weekend and that's my recovery. But other than that, I don't do anything in terms of recovery. Or maybe understand why, except for I'm just tired. I don't want to work out over the weekend. Why recovery is so important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and so before we get into like the content of what these pillars are, Sophia, could you share with us why you, why recovery? Like, why was this something that you chose to get into? For lack why of recovery and why exercise science? Right. Great questions. <laughs> so when I was in high school, I was experiencing, you know, countless injuries. One major injury I had was that I had strained my hamstring and my quad at the same time. And ultimately, I was out for three months. 
And mm-hmm. that was the longest time that I was out um, and not playing soccer, not doing sports or anything. And I think during that time, uh, my brother Ryan, he told me to go see a personal trainer because I had never really worked with a trainer, never really lifted weights or anything, you know, just never really took care of my body the way that I was supposed to be. And as a, you know, young teenager, I never really knew the importance of any of that. So long story short, I went to that trainer and I immediately fell in love with what my trainer was offering me. And I wanted to be able to do the same thing that she was doing. You know, I wanted to be able to learn how the body works properly, how me as an athlete, how I can actually improve my performance through understanding the mechanisms behind how my body works and how I can adjust and adapt to, you know, different exercises, different environments, different conditions and all of that. And so I decided then and there that I wanted to study exercise science. But a little backstory, my freshman year of high school, I took biology. And after I took that class, I decided that I didn't want to major in anything science related. (laughs) And here I am now out of college, graduating with a bachelor's degree in science. So I always think that that's ironic. (laughs) But yeah, uh, I think um, recovery is something that is overlooked by many people you know, general, the general population, athletes, and even some trainers tend to overlook recovery. Uh, but recovery is actually one of the most important aspects of a successful training program. And some can argue that it's just as important as your training program. Mm-hmm. And so I think what led me to create this, these pillars of recovery is the fact that I wanted to be able to help athletes understand that even though recovery isn't spoken about as much, it's still important and it's a lot easier than people think it is to do. So that's how I came to create these four pillars of recovery. Yeah. And it's, I mean, after reading through some of the, some of the research and things that you sent us, it really is, but five minutes sometimes of, of things that you can just do to um, aid in, in your recovery. So um, I'm really excited to kind of dig into all of this and get to talking about it. Um, so I think what we can do now is just maybe have you identify um, the four pillars of of recovery, and we can kind of walk through them. And I'm sure we'll have some questions for you along the way, and then we can just see where where the night takes us. What do you guys think? Yeah, let's do it. Yep, let's do it. All awesome. right. So the four pillars of recovery are nutrition hydration, rest and sleep, and soft tissue work. So the first pillar is nutrition. So after you exercise, you lose a ton of energy, and it is super important that you refuel your body with the right foods so that you can get re-energized and recharged. And if your glycogen stores are not replenished in time, you're more likely to feel fatigued and less energized hours after working out. I have a question about that then. Um, sure. With regards to replenishing glycogen and nutrition. So I, I'm very active. I, I go to the gym six days a week. I'm in there for about an hour. What would nutrition or recovery look like for me in terms of replenishing glycogen versus maybe somebody who's not active? And is it different from a male and a female to maybe also 
a younger person and an older person, or is it generally the same? Great question. Um, nutrition in general is very personalized mm-hmm. for everyone. So it really depends on, you know, the amount of training you're doing, the training demands, your own metabolic tolerance, the environment that you're training in, and any personal preferences that you have for food. So every single person is different. Mm-hmm. There are general guidelines for eating the right amount of carbs and proteins after working out. So for example, a general guideline after working out is to eat 1 to 1.2 grams of carbs per kilogram of body weight immediately after you exercise every hour for the next 4 hours. Oh, wow. And doing do yeah, exactly. So doing this though <laughs> It's, it can be hard to keep track of, but you don't want to eat too much after working out because then it's going to be hard for your body to digest it properly. Okay. So spacing it out within a four-hour span is going to help your body digest and absorb those carbs properly. So it's like you're going to be grazing after you work out for the next four hours to replenish or to get those carbs in, not you know sit down after a workout and have like bread and, you know, I don't know what the fruit, you know, in one sitting, it's maybe have a, a power of power waffle, a protein waffle, <laughs> a, waffle. <laughs> a waffle, and then maybe in the next hour, you know, fruit or something like that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because your food can only digest and consume so much in one sitting. And so when your food doesn't digest it properly, it's going to be stored improperly and you're really not going to get the great benefits from it as you would if you space it out and eat it within a longer span of time. So what happens if you don't hit that recommended amount of carbs uh, in that four hour span? what's, What's a negative thing that you can expect to happen? Is there a negative thing that would happen? Yeah, so if you don't consume enough carbs and even enough protein after working out, there's a lot of negative implications that can occur to your body. Uh, You can get, you know, exercise-induced muscle damage. You can have lower immune system response. So that basically means, like, you can risk getting sick, Hmm. which you really don't want. Um, Again, as I mentioned, you could feel fatigued and less energized. And like I said, a lot of that has to do with the nutrition and the food that you're putting in your body. Okay. I, I'm like hogging all the questions. I'm sorry, guys. No, I'm like right. a <laughs> <of> questions. <laughs> all, I do, all I do after I work out is I have a shake and that's it. Now I do have like, you know, it's almond milk and I, I, you know, I, I think I have enough protein in there, but I'm definitely not eating carbs. So I would be interested to see you know, if I focus on that, well, because when I'm on a diet where I'm watching my calories, so I think it'd be interesting to kind of see, you know, to do the numbers, to see how much carbs and proteins I need to eat after a workout and, you know, identify some snacks and foods I can have and then kind of divide that up into the four hours. I'm interested to see kind of how I'll feel and what that will do to, you know, my overall wellness and the muscles um, Mm -hmm. after I try it. Mm -hmm. And that's a great point you make about carbs too. And I think just in general, that's a big misconception that carbs are bad for you. Mm -hmm. But in reality, carbs are your, you know, your main energy source for the body. 
whenever you work out, you're using utilizing carbs through your metabolism in order to gain that energy to perform that exercise. And so when you are working out, your glycogen stores are significantly draining. And that's why it's so important and critical to replenish your glycogen stores in order to recover in time and recover properly. Yeah, when when I read that, I was like, "This is a misprint. Like carbs are bad." <laughs> you know how many how many low carb diets have you heard of where, you know, um, you're, you're depleting your your the amount of carbs that you're you're um, taking in every day? And so when I read that, I was like, "No way! Wait, what?" <laughs> but it's definitely um, something that I have to change about my diet. But I have to say that reading that whole. Um, the whole uh, section about nutrition, it actually started to change my mindset. Mindset is something we talk about a lot on the podcast. So, because um, st- you know how like when you guys are on a diet, well, I don't know about you, but for me, I'm always like, well, I can't eat that because I'm trying to lose weight. I can't, you know, I got to stay away from that because there's too much, you know, this in it or too much that in it. And it becomes a little bit... Um, difficult to constantly keep track and to constantly deny yourself all of these things. And most of the time for me, I end up giving in. But if you switch your mindset to, I need to eat this to repair my muscles. I need to eat this to support my growth. I think it actually really helps. You know, you're developing a new, a nutrition plan for recovery is different in my mind than dieting to lose weight. You know what yeah. I mean? And so like just changing that little thing, the way of thinking of it will make it easier for me to make healthy choices. Just knowing that I'm not denying myself anything. Instead, I'm actually making healthier choices to help my body recover and, you know, for muscle growth and whatever else I'm trying to achieve. So um, it was really, it was really, um, I guess, eye opening for me to read, to read about that. Sophia, do you have a um, regimen that you follow after a workout? Like what is your go-to protein and what's your go-to carb? What does that look like? My go-to protein bar is a one bar. It has about, I believe, 22 to 23 grams of carbs, only one gram of sugar, and 20 grams of protein. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's I I love the pro, I love that bar because you know with my nut allergies yeah. I there are very few protein bars out there that don't contain nuts mm-hmm. and I found one bars and I absolutely love it you know it tastes great I love all the flavors and I'm just obsessed with one bars <laughs> so I wish they would sponsor me um, <laughs> that's how much I love them but I typically will have a one bar after working out and then. I like to eat, you know, some sort of fruit, like a banana, or I'll have toast with sunflower butter on it. Oh, okay. Now, that, that's immediately after the workout? Yeah, so I'll have, I always bring the a one bar with me to the gym or to the field when I'm, wherever I go. I eat it right after working out, and then I'll drive home, and when I get home, that's when I'll have my second snack. Okay. And that'll be, you know, within an hour after working out. Okay. All right. Uh, so I like that you bring up the one bar. Do you know how many calories it has? Ooh, I think it has around 200. Okay, because, you know, you and I share that nut allergy, so I'm going to have to look into these one bars. Because you're right, it is so difficult to find a protein bar that's not covered in nuts. 
mm-hmm. uh, some sort of nut. So I'll have to look into that. Very good, very good. It's funny because I was talking to my husband about this, about um, you know the carbon take, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I knew that." I was like, "Well, thanks, Joy. You could have shared that with the class." It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like he said that when he trained in college, because um, he also played soccer, he said on their heavy conditioning and strength training days, it was sixty forty, so sixty percent carbs 40 percent protein that they would intake after a workout um and then on more um like when they were working on speed and agility it was reversed it was 60 percent protein 40 percent carbs on those days so they like drilled that into him and i was like you know you see me eating after a workout you could have you know shared your wisdom with me but he he was yeah he knew this so Apparently, it's common knowledge for athletes, <laughs> not for the rest of us. Anyway, all right. Does anyone have anything else to add about the pillar of nutrition, the importance of nutrition in, in recovery? I do have one more thing. Um, in that in this research that you sent us, you were saying it's very personalized per individual. So besides kind of doing the math of, you know, the carbs per kilogram of body weight, is there anything else that we could look at uh, as individuals to help personalize that plan for ourselves without having to get like an, a personalized nutrition nutritionist or something? Uh, I think one easy way to think about it is if you have a longer duration and higher intensity of an exercise, you're going to want to consume more carbs as opposed to having, say, like a 15-20 minute workout. Because when you have a longer duration, you know, you're burning more carbs, you're burning more of your glycogen stores, so you're going to have a lot more energy that's going to need to be replenished. I also think that... um, If you're resistance training, and we could talk more about this later, you're going to be burning more energy through that as well. But you're also going to want to eat more protein when you resistance train because, and as as I said, we can talk about this later, but when you're working out and lifting, you're essentially breaking down your muscles. Mm -hmm. And so during the recovery process, that's when your muscles are rebuilding and regrowing. And that's when you want to be consuming more protein. So I guess that's interesting that you said that about if it's a longer duration, you, you think about marathon runners and like I've heard people say after they run a, a, a marathon, one of the first things they do is they just dive into a bowl of pasta or something like that. So, okay, mm-hmm. so that makes sense now. Thanks for, for, for sharing that with us. Yeah, it's all good stuff. I'm learning a lot here. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> I can't wait to implement these things into my into my routines. I'm, it's good. It's all good. Uh, all right. So moving on to the second pillar. Sophia, you want to share what that one is? Yeah. The second pillar we have is hydration. And hydration kind of leads into nutrition as well. Uh, but a lot of people don't think about it as nutrition. But hydration is arguably the most essential nutrient of the body because your body's made of like, what, 70% water. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you exercise, you're losing a lot of fluid from sweat. And so drinking enough water after exercising will help replenish, you know, your fluids and electrolytes. And it can also aid in lubricating the muscles and joints, which a lot of people don't think about. Yeah. How much would you say is... Because I know I drink a gallon of water a day. I think my mom does. Courtney, I think you're at that. But, you know, I, someone just sent me a meme the other day of, you know, you think you drink a gallon of water a day is, is good for you, but actually it's just like a waste. And I'm just like, what? Really? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. 
I think it depends on a lot on your activity levels and how much exercise you're doing. For athletes, you want to drink more water and you want to stay more hydrated. But if you're someone who's more sedentary, then you really don't need that much water. Um, apparently, healthy men need about 3.7 liters of fluids per day, whereas apparently healthy women need 2.7 liters per day. But another good rule of thumb is, and this is what they told us with the national team, is that when you drink water, you want to consume the same amount of ounces as your body weight in pounds. Oh, wow. So if you weigh 140 pounds, it, it's good to consume about 140 ounces of water. That's over a gallon. And so I actually, yeah, I actually didn't know that um, until... I was training with them and I learned that and I thought, wow, that's actually a really easy way to keep track of how much water you're drinking. That That's if you're an athlete, you said, right? Yes. Yeah. For athletes. Okay. So I know I'm going to get into something kind of gross, but you did cover this in your paper. You're going to talk about pee. I'm going to pee. So um, the lighter the color, the, we know you're hydrated, but the darker you need water. Um, would this also mm -hmm. hold true for non-athletes? And I don't know if you have any any knowledge in terms of non-athletes. So an older person, right, uh, was a senior mm -hmm. citizens, if you will. Do they need to be drinking that amount of water? And um, is it as important? Because I, I know sometimes that pee is not that light color. So <laughs> I'm just curious. It's just for my own edification. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is important it is um but now a, another misconception is that like your pee has to be you know clear yeah. in order for you to be hydrated but when you get to that stage you might actually be okay. over hydrated okay and so it's good to it's good to have a little bit of yellow in the pee but Obviously, you don't want too much because the darker it is, that means, you know, you're already dehydrated. Okay. All right. Sorry, I had to cover that, ladies. <laughs> it's fine. I've actually drilled that into my kids because I can't pay attention to their water intake. And so Emma has actually said, like, oh, my gosh, I need to drink more water. Like, after she bleeds. It's really funny. But while we're on the topic of hydration, can we talk for a minute about the chocolate milk? Oh, yes. Uh, chocolate milk. Yes. Because this is life-changing, guys. I, I mean, life-changing. <laughs> talk to us about that, Sophia. Yeah, so I actually learned this when I was in high school, I believe. And my college team actually implemented this. And so after every game, we used to have like a little cup of chocolate milk to drink. And I, I absolutely loved that. <laughs> yeah. But so, yeah, so um, chocolate milk is a great source of fluid intake and it's a great source of carb and protein replenishment because it has a three to one ratio of carbs to protein, mm. which is really good for you after working out. What if you're lactose intolerant? <laughs> if you're lactose intolerant, you can still drink other types of chocolate milk, such as, you know, almond milk or okay. soy milk. So I don't think, um, does almond milk, and I'm also allergic to soy milk, does almond milk um, have as much protein, though, and carbs as regular milk? It, I believe it has more carbs, but less protein. Okay. But every, every brand is a little different. 
So it's important to read the nutritional facts and read the labels to make sure you're getting, you know, sufficient amount of macronutrients from it. Is it like a brand you had? Like, can I just go grab some Yuhu yeah, or okay, Nesquik? Or is it like, was it like a specific <laughs> brand? Like, I'm really, I'm not kidding. I'm going to get chocolate milk. <laughs> I, I don't really use any specific brands. Okay. Sometimes I'll just get, you know, the store brand chocolate milk. Sometimes I'll take, get the Nesquik. Other times I get the muscle milk mm. type. Mm-hmm. Because then you also have that additional protein, protein. In it as well. I'm all about the yeah, chocolate milk. I'm excited guys. about this. I love chocolate milk. I think so that much. should be the title of our podcast. Chocolate, chocolate milk. milk. <laughs> Recovery and chocolate milk. Yes, I love it. Yeah. Another thing to add to that is with the chocolate milk, there's sodium in it. Uh-huh. And I don't I don't think I touched on it yet, but sodium is really important for fluid retention. Hmm. So when I talk about hydration and getting enough fluids, You know, we're not just talking about drinking water. We're also talking about getting fluids from coffee, from juices, and even from fruits. So should I sprinkle a little salt in my water bottle? (laughs) You could, honestly. I know. That was so funny. (laughs) I know Ryan used to always tell me to put a little bit of Himalayan salt in my drinks. Okay. And I think I think that definitely would help me make sure that I'm you know, getting enough water and having my water being retained. Because sometimes okay. if you drink water too fast, it'll just go straight through you. And, right. you know, your body won't, yeah, your body won't retain it. And so <laughs> drinking all of that water isn't really going to do anything for you unless it's being retained in your body. Makes that's, sense. That's a really good point because I, uh, I've been doing the Peloton, but when I'm working out, I will drink a lot of water. And I notice that after once I'm at work, I'll pee like every 10 minutes and pee a lot. So that, that water is just going right through me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mom, you should definitely add Himalayan salt to your water. <laughs> you should see if it helps you. Her bladder is just not healthy, guys. <laughs> it's always been small. It's like, again? <laughs> Jeez. Or, or Pedialyte too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Pedialyte. Have some, oh, Pedialyte. I have some teammates that use Pedialyte. Hmm. Yeah. Because it has those electrolytes. It has a little bit of sodium in it. I don't know Mm -hmm. what the carbon protein – I don't think there's much protein. No, I think there's mainly like simple carbs in it, simple sugars, and electrolytes in it. Okay. Okay. Need to add some salt to my water. (laughs) Salt to the water. Get some chocolate milk. Have some carbs after I do a a hard workout. I think I'm learning so much. Can't wait. Can't wait to implement all these. All right. Um, Does anyone have anything else to add about hydration? We've covered it all. I think we've we've done it all. All right. So, Sophia, what is that third pillar of recovery? The third pillar is rest and sleep. And I don't think a lot of people touch base on it, but rest and sleep are very important for your health and your exercise performance as well. The recommended hours of sleep for adults is about seven to nine hours, and <laughs> it is eight to ten hours for adolescents. <laughs> Recommended. <laughs> yes, recommended. Not Seven hours. Wow, I don't think I've seen that in a long time. Many, many years. <laughs> many years. It's been many years. <laughs> I'd love to hit seven hours. I wonder if I did. Would I see improvements? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Um, 
but something I saw in, in the research paper that you sent us, Sophia, was even the quality of sleep you're getting, like how you had some people practice breathing before going to bed and then some people like on social media or on their phones. And that's something that, again, Dobby knew apparently and (laughs) shared with anybody likes to keep all these nice little nuggets to himself. Um, But like that blue light, you know, when you're looking at your phone or even when you're watching TV or anything right before bed stimulates the brain too much and actually can affect your sleep. So Mm -hmm. um, yeah, talk to us about that a little bit if you can. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, I I mean, personally, for me, I do like to spend time on my phone at night, mm-hmm. um, which is a problem because sometimes it causes me to go to sleep later than I want to. Uh, but I do turn on that like night shift mode where it dims down your phone. And so it's not as bright as it normally would be. So yeah. that definitely helps. But I think it is important to try and stay off your phone for They say typically an hour before you go to bed is when you should try to stay off of your phone, which is really hard to do. So if you can even do it, you know, even 15 or 30 minutes, I think, you know, you'll definitely see an improvement in your sleep quality. But Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, with looking at your phone, you tend to be what's called like hyper aroused. Mm -hmm. And so with that, you're basically diminishing your parasympathetic nervous system from performing the action that it needs to perform at night, which is rest and digest. I I really do think that's a great point because we've actually talked about that light at night and how essentially the light from your phone is making your brain think think it's still daytime and therefore keeping yourself up. So I, at night, instead of looking at my phone, since I set my phone across the room, I have a book now that I'm reading and I'll read like a little bit of my book until my eyes get tired. And then before I go to bed, like, you know, I'll do my affirmations and stuff, but I actually, from the book I'm reading, uh, learn like a little breathing exercise and a way to calm down my mind and I fall asleep so well and I have like really good solid sleep where I'm not waking up at night um, and then just waking up when my alarm goes off. So that really has been helpful. Hmm. That's really great, Britt. I'll have to try that. I am the worst sleeper because I plan my life when I lay in bed before I go to sleep. (laughs) I have to make sure I checked everything off my list from the day and then I plan my stuff for the next day and then I'm like, oh, I forgot to do this and um, I'm very bad at that. I have to learn. I have to discipline myself and learn how to uh, prepare my mind and my body for sleep. Yeah. Because so. you could just, since you, are you still getting up early? Yes. I so am. you can do that in the morning when you have that time for yourself and take that time of the stress and anxiety at night and maybe take five, 10 minutes the morning of. Yeah. Maybe you'll be a little bit more refreshed because you have that sleep and then plan your day out that morning after you get your day going. Yeah. It's true. Very I true. do the same thing though. I'm like, oh my God. I have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. So Sophia, do you have any thoughts on taking melatonin? So my routine is I would actually take like two melatonin at night. um, And then I would take my phone out and do a crossword puzzle. And as I'm doing it, I find myself just like slowly drifting away and then I'll put my phone down. So I was just curious what your thoughts are on melatonin. I've actually never taken melatonin. Mm -hmm. I've definitely thought about it, but I've never taken it myself. I know people in my family take it and it helps them. I think it is a good supplement for people who, you know, have trouble going to sleep at night and have trouble staying asleep throughout the night. Okay. And so I do, I do think it is a good supplement to use, but 
some people like once you take it for too long of a time, you know, your body's going to end up adjusting and adapting to it. And so it's going to cause you to, you know, want to take more. Yes. You're going to become dependent on it and you're going to want to take even more because you're not going to feel the effects as you did when you first started taking it. I will be somebody who says that I, that's, I'm always the eyeball person because I could take it for like a month, two months, and then I can stop taking it and I will fall asleep just the same. I'm not, just like coffee. I could drink coffee and, (laughs) you know, fall asleep after a cup of coffee. I'm like the opposite effect. I'm drinking coffee right now. (laughs) (laughs) It was almost bedtime. So I'm I'm different. I know for me, um, like I have taken melatonin, but I if I don't get like a full eight hours of sleep and I take melatonin and I wake up before that eight hour mark, I'm groggy. Hmm. Okay. And it's like I haven't gotten my full amount of rest. So I don't know. I I, maybe it is different for yeah. everybody. Okay. Well, Thank you for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So more, okay. we, need, we need more sleep is what we're all saying. <laughs> yeah. Restful sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but on the, on the rest part, um, how would how often would you say so for us non athletes um, a rest day should it be maybe after two days of exercising one day a week like how would you tell somebody who isn't really into this like when the rest day should be why it should be that day I don't know what are your thoughts on that well we all just to give you a background the three of us all do resistance training Brittany I know you do more cardio now than resistance training but mm-hmm. that's what pretty much the three of us follow is resistance weight training. Yeah, so I think it really just depends on what muscles you're working on, you know, specific days, how much energy you're burning throughout that day, and what your goals are. Uh, When you're lifting, you know, you're breaking down those muscles, as I mentioned before. And so during the recovery time, your body's rebuilding those muscle fibers and becoming stronger. So if you're deciding to work your muscles working the same muscle group on a consecutive day, this could actually prevent your muscles from rebuilding Mm -hmm. and it can cause them to break down even more. So if you do like an upper body and lower body split, it's good to have them, you know, every other day if you're an active person and you can handle that. But if you feel that your body is, you know, very sore and you feel very fatigued on, you know, the next day after, it's okay to take a rest day. So like, for example, for me this week, I did upper body Monday, lower body Tuesday. And today was my rest day from resistance training. And so tomorrow I'm going to do upper body and Friday lower body. And I think it's ultimately important just to listen to your body and listen to what you're feeling. You know, even if you have a specific regimen where you want to be working out four or five times, you know, consecutively, but your body's not really feeling it. It's important to listen to your body and, you know, just know that your body's telling you that you need that rest. Mm -hmm. And I think that rest is going to go much longer way and it's going to help you a lot more as opposed to trying to push your body through an intense workout. Yeah. That makes sense. Awesome. Thank you. So in terms of rest, also, you said uh, you touched upon in your research about active rest versus rest. Can you tell our listeners what is the difference between an active rest day versus a rest day? Yeah, so active recovery is basically 
you know, doing, performing a specific movement that's going to allow your body to increase blood flow and range of motion. And that can also help improve your metabolism. Mm -hmm. So forms of active recovery would be stretching, walking, or going for a light jog. Okay. I know when I have active recovery days, I usually will do, you know, we call it like limbering. So doing some light stretching, light walking, you know, just something to just get the body moving so that you're not just sitting around all day. Okay. And if you, if you say you work out five days a week and maybe on the sixth day you do active recovery, um, would you suggest that you, in addition to the active recovery, have a recovery day or does it, does it not really matter? In other words, should you always have a recovery day in the week? Like a rest like a, day? Yeah, a complete rest day, not active rest, not active recovery, where maybe you're walking or you're stretching, yoga, whatever it might be, but actually just, ah, I'm just going to lay around. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think everyone should have, you know, at least one rest okay. day. Um, unless you're someone who is, you know, extremely active and you only work out and you do nothing else and you have that energy to work out, then, you know, there are people like that who work out every single day and they can handle that. But for, you know, even athletes and the general population, it's very important to have at least one total rest day where, you know, you are just sitting around and not doing anything because when you're resting, your body isn't necessarily resting, right? It's still working. And it's working to recover so that you can be prepared for, you know, the next day or the next exercise that you do. For somebody who's just getting into working out, would the same rules apply also in terms of, um, okay, I'm working up my upper body today, tomorrow I'm doing lower body, I should rest on, on the third day. And then, so you're doing that split. And then on the fourth day you're doing upper body lower body or because they're just getting into it maybe you should have you know two day splits where you're having two days of rest between the two uh uh strengthening days or weight weight workout work <laughs> i can't speak your lifting weights day days that is a good question um i'm not exactly sure mm -hmm. uh, if it matters you know, like how active or how sedentary you are. I think just in general, it really depends on how much your body can handle. Okay. When you start out, I think it it's probably best to have, you know, an extra recovery day, an extra rest day. That way you allow your body to be fully recovered and prepared for that next set of training. And then once you start working out more and you start to see how your body adjusts and reacts to exercise, you can then adjust your regimen to having, you know, just one rest day in between or to the point where you do, you know, upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body, and then rest. Okay. So it's, it's different for everyone, but it's important to, you know, try out different regimens to see what works best for you. And I think, because what, what, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to say what works for you might not work for someone else. And, and I was just going to kind of say the same thing. It's really dependent upon the person. And like you said earlier, you really should just be listening to your body when, oh, okay, it hurts. I really should maybe rest another day or I feel good. I can go ahead and tackle this. Exactly. Yeah. 
Something I wanted to add to this, um, I love that you threw this into that research, was that stress can actually prolong your recovery time. Um, I think you wrote, individuals with greater stress in life are more likely to experience fewer strength adaptations from resistance training. Um, So I just thought that was really interesting because I don't think a lot of people take into into effect the – the adverse effects of stress. You know, we talk about how stress can, you know, affect your mental health and your emotions and your actions, but not a lot of people, nor did I until I saw that you wrote that, that stress can actually hinder, you know, your yourself in this process in recovery as well. Yeah, I highlighted that too, Brett. I thought that was a really good <laughs> I put a star. I, I put a star. I highlighted that in yellow. I was like, well, no wonder why I can't. I can't <laughs> Grow. I'm so stressed. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is that is a great point, Brittany. And I think a lot of people don't realize that exercise in general it causes a lot of you know psychophysiological stress on your body. And so you know that includes, like you said, mental and physical stress. And you know, with that, it could take up to 70, 72 hours for your body to fully recover from a hard workout. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was mentioning earlier, that it really just depends on how much exercise you normally do and the training demand and load that you're doing. It depends on that, and that'll determine how much rest your body will need in order to fully recover from it. Yeah. It's about also just being aware of your body, right, and just kind of Mm – learning about yourself. Like you said, some, everybody's different, you know, some athletes can handle certain things, others can't. So, um, paying attention to your body is probably super important during this process. Um, does anyone have anything else to add? Oh, and I think she touched upon it earlier, but is there a different recovery routine for lifting weights versus your marathon runner or your training for a triathlon type of thing? Um, I, I'm not sure. So I'm asking the question, is there a different type of recovery days? Uh, you know, is there something you should be doing differently or is it pretty much the same thing? As I said, it does like depend, you know, on the intensity of the workout, as long as the duration. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the longer your workout is, the more calories you're going to burn and the more tired you're going to be after. And so it's important that you extend and prolong your recovery time because it's going to take longer for you to recover from that hard workout. Okay. With, say, cardio, you know, you're, if you're performing a light to moderate cardio exercise, you're mainly working your cardiovascular system. Okay. And so that doesn't necessarily need as much of a recovery time as opposed to strength training. With strength training, you know, you're working major muscle groups big muscles. And like I said before, you know, you're breaking down those muscles. And so your body needs that recovery time in order for your muscles to rebuild and regrow. And that's known as muscle protein synthesis. So in order to promote and improve that process of muscle protein synthesis, you need adequate rest in between gym sessions in order to get your body and your muscles to grow efficiently and you have to provide your body with enough protein as well. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Because I feel like um, a lot of people I talk to who go to the gym or who have any kind of workout regimen, 
usually go based on how they feel, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, I feel good today. I feel fine today. Or I don't feel like I need rest or I don't feel like I need it. Um, so I think it's super important to educate that we're educating ourselves on this because I may feel like I could do biceps two days in a row, you know, or mm-hmm. I could train legs two days in a row, but realistically I'm not helping myself no matter how I may feel. It's good to know like the science behind it. So I'm really mm-hmm. loving all of, all of this, uh, all this, all the things we're learning, all the things, <laughs> really loving all the things we're learning. Cause um, yeah, it's going to be really helpful to a lot of people. So mm-hmm. um, moving on, let's move on from rest and sleep, if that's okay with everybody. And let's talk about our fourth and final pillar of recovery. Sophia, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> our last pillar of recovery is soft tissue work. And so when we talk about soft tissue work, we're referring to stretching and yoga. And performing these exercises and activities can actually help increase oxygen and blood flow throughout the body. And that also plays a factor into nutrition, because if you increase your oxygen and blood flow, your nutrients can be delivered faster to your muscles, which can then improve muscle repair and remodeling. Yeah, I love that you summed it up right there, because when I was reading that, I was like, of course, you know, you want to stretch so that when you get old, you can do things and not, you know, throw your back out. But the fact that that stretching and increasing the blood flow is going to allow the nutrients from what we've talked about previously of getting the nutrition and the hydration right is going to allow your muscles to recover quick more quickly. That's just something I never thought about. I thought, yeah, you're just supposed to stretch so, you know, you don't get sore or you're not too stiff, but there's so much more happening. Mm-hmm. Um you know, underneath it all that. Under the surface. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's what I mean. Because I I thought that exact thing, but like, oh, I need to stretch because I don't want to be sore, but I never knew the science behind it. And so knowing and understanding what stretching and soft tissue work actually does for my body is motivation for me to do it. You know, now it's like a no brainer, like, duh, you have to do the work because you, this is what it's doing for your body versus, you know, oh, I just don't want to be sore later, you know, mm-hmm. knowledge is power people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, those are great points. And I think to add to that, you know, just as it's hard for your body to go from, you know, zero to 100, it's also hard for your body to go from a hundred to zero. Right. And so by implementing stretching after working out, you're helping your body cool down properly. And, you know, that'll also help with preventing stiffness and injury, as you mentioned, but also help increase blood flow, increase flexibility and increase range of motion. Now, question. So say I do like a crazy leg workout. Do I need to do a full body stretch or do I just need to stretch out my legs? Like, how does that kind of... You want to stretch out the muscles that you worked, so mm-hmm. stretching out the legs. I think it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to also do a full body stretch, but you want to pay more attention to the major muscles that you just worked out, because mm-hmm. that's where you're going to want more of your nutrients to go to. And how long, Sophia? Like, how, how many minutes is sufficient? I know you talked about it in your paper, but for the benefit of our listeners, what would you recommend as far as stretching after a workout? It doesn't need to be long at all. You can stretch for, you know, a few minutes, five minutes, or 10 minutes, however long you prefer. I think five minutes is sufficient enough. Good. Uh, I believe the, <laughs> I believe ACSM guidelines are that you hold a stretch for six, at least 60 seconds, or no more than 60 seconds per muscle. 
And so sometimes I'll do, you know, two sets of 30 seconds per stretch or, you know, three sets of 20 seconds per stretch. And sometimes I'll just do one set of 30 seconds. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be super long, just something to help your body and help your muscles loosen up a little bit and get that blood flow going. I like that. 60 seconds per muscle. Okay. That's interesting. That's I never knew that. So I guess you could essentially overstretch if you yes. do too yeah, long. You can. <laughs> oh, interesting. I should apologize to my son. I make him stretch a lot longer than that. <laughs> Go stretch. It's not enough. I do. I make him stretch all the time because he does Taekwondo and I'm like, you need to stretch. You need to stretch. Poor kid. 60 seconds, man. <laughs> it's been more than 60 seconds. Now you'll have the timer. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> Next that's position. No we don't want to overstretch the muscle. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so funny. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts about, about um, stretching? Just, just a comment. It is definitely an area where I fall down on. It's, uh, you know, after doing about over an hour workout and then you finish up like on at least the exercise I'm following now, you're supposed to either do a run or a, a walk on the treadmill. The last thing I want to do is take five minutes to stretch. I just want to get <laughs> out of the gym and get home. But I can see, you know, based on the conversation that we're having, the benefits of it. Am I going to implement it? I don't know. Even though it's just five minutes, maybe I could do like a 30-second stretch here and there. But I, I'm just going to be honest. I know it's important. Um, but it's something that I'm definitely going to have to work at because it's not something that I incorporate into my workouts right now. Now, I know that you you definitely are going to want to do the stretching after the workout, but what if, say, you had to go, like, you know, run off? Is it still going to be beneficial or are you still going to get the results that you're talking about if, say, maybe I were to stretch before bed and I didn't stretch right after the workout? Yeah, I think stretching at any time of the day is going to be good for you. It's better to stretch right after workout but if you don't it's you know it's not the end of the world you can still find time throughout the day to stretch even if you know you're just standing and you're cooking you could stand there and stretch your legs (laughs) yeah any any anywhere that you can fit time in just to hold a little stretch will help in the long run yeah good stuff all right so just to recap um the pillars of recovery that we talked about were proper nutrition, proper hydration, rest and sleep, and soft tissue work. Um, So now that we've covered those, I'm just going to open the floor. Do you guys have any other questions for Sophia? Or Sophia, is there anything additional that you would want to talk about or share with our listeners that we didn't get to talk about yet? I don't know. Did we mention, did I talk about yoga yet? I don't know if I mentioned yoga. No, actually, we talked about stretching, but not specifically the yoga. So go for it. Yeah. So yoga is actually really good for you, Um, not just for, you know, stretching, but it can also help enhance your parasympathetic nervous system, which is what we talked about with sleep. And with the parasympathetic nervous activity, that's going to help your body cool down more efficiently after a workout. And so with that, that can also help improve your mental states and your stress. It can help lower the psychophysiological stresses on your body that are caused by exercise. And in doing that, you could potentially restore your cardiovascular and immune functions after a high-intense workout. Hmm. Do you yoga? Some more yoga. Do you yoga, Sophia? 
I currently do not, <laughs> but I used to do yoga. I used to do like 15 minute yoga sessions when I would get home from working okay. out and I found it really beneficial. And yeah, I do. I would like to start that up again. Mom, the Peloton has yoga classes. <laughs> How do you yoga on the Peloton? No, you don't. It's it's um so like you can depending on which bike you get, like they have strength building exercises, they have meditation and yoga, and you're just looking at the screen Got off you. the bike. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a weird yoga statement. Warrior one pose on the bike. Yeah. Love it. So yoga. Right. So we need to I, I would like to look into yoga. I know I, I started up yoga um maybe a few months ago, Quirk. Before a Krav Maga class, they do offer a yoga mm-hmm. class, and I was appalled at how stiff and how inflexible my body was, just not cooperating. And when I bent over, I started getting a cramp in a really weird spot. So, um, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think I should look into that yoga. I, I like that you brought that up. I think Mama is probably the most flexible person in the family. <laughs> She is. She definitely she is. Does, she loves what she does every day. She stretches and she does yoga. She says, "Watch, I can do it. I can still watch. I can touch my toes. Can you do it? I can't touch my toes. Really? No, I can. I can. You can't touch I your toes. Okay. Okay. Gang. I was joking. 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 Joseph. Sorry. <laughs> Well, I have a question, Sophia, for you. Could you walk us through, you know, you mentioned you are a soccer superstar. Um, cause she is. She's she a superstar. is. Um, <laughs> after a, a game, like one of the professional level games that we've seen you compete in and we've seen you play, um, what does your recovery look like after running for two 45-minute halves and, <laughs> you know, penalty kicks, whatever it is? How do you, how do you recover after, after something like that? Well, for starters, I feel absolutely dead. <laughs> and so, you know, like as one, I think to Damien mentioned, as like, you know, after your long workout, all you want to do is you want to go home and lay in bed and not do anything. <laughs> and that's exactly how I feel after all of our games. But what we do is we typically will stretch on the field. Our coaching staff will give us a protein shake to drink and we also have electrolyte drinks to drink as well and so I'll try to drink it um you know after running for 90 minutes or 120 minutes I really don't feel like eating or drinking anything so at that point I kind of just chug it because I know that I have to get it in my system and the longer it takes me to drink it the less I'm gonna want it (laughs) but I know it's good for my body so I'll just chug one of the protein shakes and drink water and then we'll go into our locker room get changed and dressed and while i'm waiting i'll do a little bit of more light stretching Mm -hmm. nothing too crazy and when we're driving back to our hotel or wherever we're staying at that's when i'll have my one bar and then when we get back to the hotel we'll typically have a meal so i'll have a light meal with that and that'll be typically like an hour or two after our game. So that's, you know, I've already had my protein source. I've had some more protein and carbs. And then an hour or two later, I'm getting that, you know, second round of carbs. And then once that's done, I get to go to my room and shower. And then while I'm, you know, showering, I'll do some stretches. 
And then I'll finally lay in bed and do a little bit more stretching and then I'll pass out. <laughs> so any anywhere that I can find just to do a little bit of stretching, I'll do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Wait, we are we crazy. are so super proud of you. Oh yeah. We yeah. love oh, you girl. Thanks. So you. proud of you. <laughs> Can you all share super with our strong. listeners the wonderful feat that you and your teammates have accomplished as a result of competing in the uh what is it, Asia World Cup? Is that what it's called? In the AFC yeah. Asian Women's yeah. Cup, yeah. Yeah, so our team Philippines qualified for our first ever World Cup. So next year we will be going to the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. Woohoo! <laughs> What's your number, Sophia? Can you share that with our listeners? I am number sixteen. All right, guys, nice. look out for number sixteen. So exciting! We will also awesome. we should make it a family trip next year to go to Australia. Yes. Yeah. I in wonder New how much you went. I feel like the opening is in New Zealand. We should go to no, New Zealand. I want to go to New Zealand. Okay, well, let's just go somewhere to go okay. watch one of these games. Okay. Family if we buy in bulk, yeah, if we buy in bulk, maybe we'll get right. a discount. Yeah. I'll talk to our travel agent cousin. There you go. <laughs> we know, we know, we know guy. We know a guy who can help us out with that. All right. Uh, before we end tonight, ladies, do you have anything else to add? No, no, no. This is awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Sophia. Sophia. This was awesome. Very educational. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) So did we. We're so happy that you were able to join us. So thank you again. And before we end tonight, Sophia, can you let our listeners know how they can contact you or follow you on social media? You guys can contact or follow me on Instagram. My account is at Sophia Harrison 16. Also, well, you might want to mention how yes. you spell your name because you don't spell like other oh, people. Oh, yeah. Her first name is special. <laughs> My name is spelled S-O-F-I-A. There we go. And then Harrison. Harrison is with two R's. Yeah, we could include – we should uh, link that in the me- in the uh, meeting notes, notes, in the show notes, guys. We'll, yes. we'll add her contact information in there too. So definitely check her out on Instagram. Follow her so that you guys can stay up to date on when they uh, take it to the World Cup, the Women's World Cup, and they kick butt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So thank you again, Sophia, and thank you so much to our listeners for taking the time to be with us today. Please continue to support us by subscribing to our podcast as well as giving us that five-star rating on um, Apple and Spotify. And if you love this episode, please share this on your Instagram stories and tag us at wayward underscore lasses. And if you're not following us on Instagram, what what are you doing? What are you doing, doing? people? Follow us so that you can stay up to date on the tips, tricks, and short stories that we share, or just send us some love on our Wayward Lasses Facebook community. And don't forget, if there is a topic you'd love for us to cover, email us at waywardlasses at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our website, guys. Don't forget, there's so many resources on there. We've got a shop now, Mom's Blog. So please, please check it out. And I think that's going to be it for tonight. That wraps us up. So until next time, we are the Wayward Lasses reminding you to keep it real. Bye, guys.
Bye. Bye.